Noticing what attention is connecting with in this moment. Right? Notice if some habit of mind is forming. But when you come in and sit down, was there like not much awareness until you sat and then it turns on? Or were you sitting and waiting for one of us to start reminding you about awareness? Did you sit down and immediately throw the attention on the breath with a hammer? Or was it just this calm, steady awareness as you finished breakfast and walked in and sat down and no break, no difference? Sometimes that happens, you know. So there's not a right or wrong, but we're just noticing, just noticing what's occurring, what's the attention connecting with in this moment. So as you're sitting, as I'm guiding, it may not have been what um, you were actually doing in your practice, and that's fine. But as I'm guiding us in, just letting the awareness, the attention, relax into, sink into the physical experience of sitting. Kind of uh, let the attention, the awareness be relaxed and just receive whatever physical experience presents itself in the sitting posture. Some people find it helpful if you're just sitting kind of spacey, hard to connect. Just do a simple, as we've guided a simple, you know, part by part, connecting, scan, feeling the head, the neck, the shoulders. Noticing where there's tension or not tension. You may not need to do a scanner that may not be helpful or it may feel uh, that it leads to a sense of trying too hard. So then seeing is not so helpful in this moment. Helpful, skillful means what? What helps us reconnect with this receptive, alert, simple awareness? being with what's occurring without trying to make it different or trying to push it away. Ah. Experience of sitting is like this now. I know I stopped the skin in the middle. And maybe if you're doing that, feeling the chest the back and the belly, the torso. If it's tight and tense, awareness notices that. If it's relaxed, it notices that. 
If there's a preference, quality in the mind, this is better than that. Mindfulness notices that. Feeling how your sit bones are feeling. There's pressure, tingling, hardness. Sensations in the legs, the knees. The calves, lower legs and feet. Just receiving the sensations that present themselves. You don't need to try to create something. And for those who are finding this mindfulness of body as a helpful tool, a helpful support for steadying and calming the mind, just and letting it continue to arise, the various sensations. Sometimes you may feel a sense of the whole body or the outline, sometimes different particular sensations. Either is fine. And as if from within, the uh, awareness, the interest, the attention, as if within, within meeting, connecting with experience, physical sitting. With this next in-breath, attention, mindfulness, simply receive whatever sensations arise as the body breathes in. The breathing is natural. The body breathes out. And with mindfulness, simply receiving the sensations that arise as the body breathes out. Just a natural aspect, part of nature. We don't need to plan. The body does its work. It breathes. We don't need to look for particular sensations, but with kind, interested attention, simple mindfulness, the sensations that come are naturally received, felt. Not so much looking at, but feeling. It's like this. The sense of letting the Attention, connect with feeling the sensation, just this one half breath, which may be various sensations coming and going within a simple in-breath. The in-breath ends and we notice. Is there a pause or does the out-breath begin right away? feeling the sensations that arise as the body breathes out. 
Maybe there's a pause again before the next in-breath, maybe not. What does mindfulness notice? And all this with just tuning into a mindfulness of the, the attitude, the quality in the mind that's observing, that's being mindful. Deliberately using words like receiving the sensations. The sense of really listening almost, real interest and presence, but not a trying to make it be a certain way. Not even pushing to make your attention more clear. Relax, receive the experience with presence, with interest, just this moment and this moment. And again, within this field of the physical awareness of the experience of breathing, changing every moment. If that's not been the uh, tool that's supportive for you, you've been finding hearing more helpful to keep reconnecting, to keep remembering awareness, fine. And let the sense of connecting to sensations go and just let the awareness, as it were, just be open and receptive. Again, not looking for sounds, but just open and see how the sound of my voice arises. When you're awake and there's awareness, the sound is naturally heard. You don't have to do or plan. Sound arises, hearing arises, it's known quite naturally with awareness. We get a sense of that receptive quality of mindfulness. And so you'll continue, of course, exploring these three as tools, not to get them right, but what helps keeping us, helps us to rediscover this mindful attention, this balanced awareness in a moment after we have been lost in thought or whipped around by some emotion and caught in it. Ah, right, sadness. But we're getting lost, so let the sense of breathing reemerge or hearing or sensations of body. Sometimes, this is just examples, sometimes we find, say, we've been really quite at ease and comfortable with the sensations of breathing re-emerging in the forefront of attention when we've gotten really scattered. It helps us reconnect, recollect. But then once in a while we may find this kind of wanting to make it clear kind of sneaks in the back door, so to speak. And suddenly you start to notice there's a real kind of a, 
a tension, a tightness, a over-focusing, and somehow being with the breath is becoming a struggle. So for example, in those moments you might try allowing the experience of hearing to come into the forefront. That more can be a bit more spacious and less doing. We rediscover the, the felt sense of the receptive quality of awareness. And then let the next sensation of breath arise, received in that same receptive way. The converse can also happen. Just receptive with hearing, sounds coming and going. The mind and heart feels relaxed. It feels like presence. It's nice. It's so nice. It's spacious. It's lovely. And the next thing you know, you're on the beach in Bali and you've been there who knows how long because it's so lovely. And then you realize you don't have a clue what's going on. That's a good time to say this is a little too receptive. (laughs) We're not receiving what's actually happening. We're lost, lost in thought. So then it might be helpful to allow something a bit more tangible, sense of body, feeling of breath, to reemerge, to reconnect in the moment, connecting attention with what's actually occurring, sustaining the attention just for that moment. This is how we're learning the skill, the art of meditation. Not to get it right, but to keep rediscovering quality of mindfulness, connected and also receptive. Of course, all the other experiences are arising. Today, I just want to introduce uh, physical sensations. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. But here in in the sitting, say you're feeling sensations of in-breath. Or you're using sense of the whole body hearing, whatever not looking for anything, but suddenly into the mindfulness, into the awareness arises, you suddenly recognize a sensation in the body, another sensation. I have to use words, but you're not necessarily just feeling sensation of in-breath, suddenly aware of, say, a throbbing in your hand. It's not a choice you're making at that moment. Just being present, that experience of throbbing naturally arose and attention naturally noticed it. And so with awareness, we simply let the, bring the awareness along to fully be present, connect and sustain attention with that experience of throbbing. So you don't need to hold on to the breath or body or hearing. Let your fullness of attention just be with that sensation. Just feel it. How is it? I'm saying throbbing. You may use a word like that or you may just really be with it. This quality of, oh, what's this like now? So with awareness, we're just noticing how it behaves. 
pleasant or unpleasant? Does it get stronger or weaker? Does it break into particles? I mean, don't say those things or asking that. But just that quality, the quality in the attention is interested, just being there without a judgment. No, what's this like? It may be a difficult sensation, it may not be. So mindfulness has no agenda. So if it's a difficult sensation, there's often the thought, if I'm with it mindfully, that means it'll get better. That's an agenda. Mindfulness just, it's like this now. It's noticing. You can explore it with a soft, relaxed mind, fine. If it's difficult, if it's not difficult, whatever. Sometimes the sensation goes away. You can naturally let the, whatever's been your... um, kind of primary focus, anchor, come back into the forefront of awareness, breath, body, hearing. Sometimes being really present with the sensation, something new arises. The awareness doesn't see the ending of that sensation because something else has naturally arisen. This is nature. Or just let awareness then notice what's actually happening. With difficult, painful sensations, first just being present, just as I was saying. But when you start to notice that the quality in the mind that's aware, the mind that's giving attention, starts to get reactive. It may be tightening. It may be what you notice is a thought, I can't bear this for another 40 minutes. Or just something like, oh no, not this again, whatever. Noticing that quality in the mind, that's not the sensation, that's the mental factor, mental state, next object of attention. So notice that. Don't let the aversion just build up unseen in the background, and then suddenly we just want to explode. So let the attention notice that. Relaxes again, the sensation is emerging again, awareness goes back to that. kind of a dance. Same with pleasant. You may get into, oh, this is so great. This is wonderful. Finally, notice the liking. And then reconnect just simply with, oh, what's this now? With this sensation. This surrendering, relaxing into it. Let it live its life. If, the, if aversion, difficulty comes, you keep noticing that next experience. Just explore how that is and then back to the sensation. If it happens, not that we, we don't want to just run away as soon as unpleasant arises, because then we're running away from half of our life. But if at a moment, for not just a moment, but as you're going through the sitting, it feels like this sensation so difficult, the aversion so strong, you're just in a battle. Not for a moment or two, but it's really spreading out. You're in a battle. It's not, it's not about that the best thing to do is not move, and at the end of the sitting you're sweating bullets, your teeth are clenched, you're filled with aversion, And as you get up, you think, I'm never going back in that hall again. To me, that's a sign that that last part of the sitting 
was feeding aversion rather than mindful awareness. And we're not really training to feed aversion, to feed greed, the kalatias. We know how to do that really well in the rest of our life. Here we want to learn how not to feed them, how to feed the balanced awareness. So it gets to that point, bring your attention to something neutral, back to the breath or to hearing. If a very gentle movement done with awareness and awareness of the intention can just give a little relief and you can keep the steady mindfulness going, that can be useful. And then if you start to get confused, reconnecting with whatever you've been using, breath, body, hearing, as your support for balanced awareness.
May the beneficial energies created by our practice together be shared with all beings everywhere for their freedom from suffering and awakening. So this morning, I just want to say a bit about walking in daily activities as our practice announcement or so, and then talk about and we'll take together, those who are interested, the eight precepts. We'll all take the five precepts, and then those who want to continue can take the eight. So in the, in the walking formal practice, of course, in terms of opening more to physical sensations, that's already for made most of us the kind of main uh, collecting point of attention awareness as you're walking whatever speed you're walking and for some people it might be you know very kind of uh, narrow precise just the foot and leg that's moving at other times it might be the whole leg or the whole body either's fine again seeing what helps you keep coming back into present moment awareness using the sensations as we walk. Of course, in my experience, my personal experience, especially when walking outside, I mean, it's true anytime, but outside more, there's so much more sense data coming in. Um, And sometimes, especially when it's pretty, it could be pretty if you like fog. Fog's pretty too. Um, Sometimes my mind would feel like, oh, I don't want to be with the sensations. It's pretty and smells and tastes. so sometimes just when you start the walking, play with this. Just standing for a moment and just being really present with the experience of standing, the physical experience. You know, you don't just have to get there and rush into the walking, you know. And be, just let yourself, as we did, as Annie led us that first morning, in a general way, just coming into physical presence with standing. Then if you're feeling resistance, that's the next thing you noticed, resistance. And sometimes I tell people, I say, I just have resistance to walking. Fine, stand there and be aware of resistance for 45 minutes. That's a fine meditation. <laughs> or about cultivating steady awareness. It's not like, you know, how, how many steps you take. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, standing. Then sometimes I might be, just be conscious of seeing for a moment. Not, oh, the pretty bird. And, uh, but that seeing's the main experience. Then a moment of being with hearing. Then a moment of just being with, sensing the freshness, the coolness, whatever. And then bringing the attention to the foot and taking a step. Just something to explore. So it's just kind of, we're getting a sense of recognizing which sense experience the awareness is with primarily. And then consciously coming into the sensations of the, the body as we walk. When you get to the end, just being again aware of standing, intending to turn, I love the turning moment. It really can bring in the attention again. You didn't even notice you were walking, but you get to the wall. At least you notice that. You stop. Then you might, you know, be aware again as you turn, feeling the body walking again. And through the daily activities, the sense of, you know, opening more into letting the sensations of a body come into awareness is so, so useful. It's been spoken of before, and it will be again as we move through the so-called daily activities, which is, you could say, there's three aspects to our practice, the sitting form, the walking form, and the daily activities form. And they're all equal, equally important. 
So in daily activities, as has been said, the, the body is always with us. So when you're in, in the food line, just really being aware of physical standing is great. It brings us right here. And then if there's emotions or thoughts or projections or judgments, we're much more likely, awareness is present, so it's much more likely to notice. Feeling, you know, the sense of the movement as you're ladling the food. We're just right here with whatever's going on as you're cleaning the toilets, as you're taking a shower. Noticing the difference when the walking meditation ends and the lunch bell rings and you're walking to lunch. Is there any difference in the quality of attention to the body or is it already the attention's in the lunchroom? Not right or wrong, noticing how it is. So as we move through the day, this so awareness of physical sensations is a huge ally in just gently beginning to cultivate uh, more steadiness of awareness. The steadiness comes really from interest. When you start to appreciate being present more than being lost in thought, that's really where the steadiness starts to come, not from I should, I should, I should. So really exploring this ally of awareness of, of sensations moving through the day. Okay, I just want to, I think only one announcement and then we talk a bit about and we'll take the precepts. Um, so today the interviews continue and if you did, were not listed for an interview or practice meeting yesterday, you should be today. If you're not listed today, if you think you're not, first check again. Really, it's amazing how the the mind, the perception can just go, oh, no, I'm not there, and not see it. This has happened, that's happened to me, too, and I'll just tell you it's really embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, I was on my interview, and you go, oh, look, there it is. So just check again if you think you weren't listed. And then if you're not, and you weren't yesterday, for sure, write Brian a note, and, you know, we'll fix it. And um, John, he's, he's he's finished teacher training, but as part of... Uh, we're ongoing learning, which never stops as long as we're alive, being uh, on the three-month retreat, which is uh, a really wonderful opportunity for us all to learn uh, as teachers because it's a whole deeper trajectory goes on for all of you than can possibly happen on a five-day or a week-long retreat. So John, uh, it's an opportunity for him to deepen his his teaching experience by sitting in on some of our interviews. That means he'll just sit quietly in the background. He won't be saying anything or interacting. So if that's okay with you, we really appreciate it. He does, it's a great gift, a great gift of generosity. And it's really 100% okay if you're not comfortable on a particular day for whatever reason, you don't have to justify it. But if you're really feeling it's not comfortable for you, simply, if John's there, that just simply say, you know, I'd rather just be two of us. He'll go and he'll leave. It's totally fine. He won't take it personal. Because as we all do this. So, so just so you know that, you don't have to like agonize over it. But if it's fine with you, that's a great gift for all of us. And today, he'll be sitting in with me in, in my beginning interviews. If that's okay. If it's not, just say a word. He's gone. <laughs> for the moment he'll come back <laughs> right <laughs> you say a word he's out of here <laughs> he's tougher than that he's made of sterner stuff than that <laughs> um, okay so just to say a word about uh, 
the, the sixth, seventh, and eighth precept, and then Bhante will lead us in all the precepts. So you may have noticed the, the three, the last three precepts are, uh, they're really renunciation precepts. They're about renunciation, or you could think of it as simplifying. I know in, in English, renunciation isn't really like, oh boy, renunciation, that sounds so great, let me go for it. Um, but it's not like an onerous hair shirt kind of thing. It's really in terms of, of renunciation is a, a motivation of heart mind of simplification of what's just going to help simplify my life and collect my mind and heart more in the Dharma is really what these precepts are about in the short term. I'm giving like the short introduction. So just having a look at it and seeing for here, I mean, in the, in uh, cultural Buddhist countries, I've sat a lot in Thailand and in Burma, when people, lay people come to the nunnery, the monastery for the, the moon days, you know, like the full moon, the new moon days, they'll always take the eight precepts for that day. You take it for a day and then you go home and you don't take it. So it's fine if you want to explore, see how it is, take it for a day or two. If you decide it's not helpful for you, you can come back, take the five precepts by yourself and that's fine. By not helpful, we mean not just that it's a little bit, you don't like it. <laughs> Remember, helpful, not helpful has nothing to do with liking it or not. But what helps support your energy and your coming back into steady awareness? So the first precept, the, that's of course the big one, not eating solid food after the noon meal. Again, that's coming from um, the monastic tradition where monks and nuns, one thing, were dependent on um, going through the villages with their alms bowls for food. And so it was first a sense of that takes a long time and you spend, if you're doing that two, three times a day, that's what you're doing all day. But also it's not putting such a big demand on the lay people to support you. But also, even today, it's, it's done all, all monks and nuns um, never eat afternoon. It's a way of simplifying. So explore on retreat for... For many people, if you drop the going to tea and you just see how much energy is taken up with going and eating, and maybe you're not even hungry, but it's just something to do. So you can explore this. For some people, they find not eating, you feel lighter and more energized at night, and you just have that time to keep on practicing. You're thinking, that's exactly why I go to tea. I don't want that time to continue practicing. (laughs) Notice that thought. (laughs) It gets better than you think. The continuity actually gets to be more pleasant. But explore it and see. For sure, there's some people, some systems, that not eating is actually not helpful. You either get really, really hungry, not just mind hungry, (laughs) but really hungry, or you have a system that the blood sugar can't fluctuate, it's not healthy, all kinds of reasons, fine. Don't think you know, you're a better yogi if you take eight precepts. See what supports your practice. But if you just want to explore it, it's fine to take it for a few days. And then if you decide to change, let the cooks know. If you do take eight precepts, there's a sign up. Is it up, up on the board? It should be a sign where you would just make a mark if you're taking eight precepts for the cooks so they know how much food to prepare. And what's, what's allowable on the eight precepts is they serve juice, which is just for the eight precepts people, sometimes hard candy. Here, I've been told, 
you always have to do it culture to culture. It's different in each different country and within different monastic uh, traditions in different countries. So here, we're saying you can put uh, milk or soy milk in your tea, but no hard food other than the hard candy. So that's the sixth precept, explore and see. Really, the simplicity can be a joy. The, se- the seventh one, uh, not wearing jewelry or adornments or perfumes or fancy clothes, not too hard here. I think it's fine if you have a wedding ring to keep wearing that, but other than that, not adornments, not dancing, not playing cards. So you have to put away your, your solitaire games on your iPads and just meditate. Oh, that one's not so hard here. The high and luxurious beds, of course, there's not. But you can think of that as not luxuriating in bed in the morning. I know, you think, well, luxuriating. But you know, that doesn't mean you know, if you're really exhausted and you sleep in, that's bad. It's the luxuriating is that sense that you have on your day off when you think, wow, I just don't have to get up. I'm just going to lie here and feel so comfy in my jammies and it's so nice. That's luxuriating, high and luxurious beds. You wake up, you get up. So those are the other three precepts. Really interesting to explore, but not a should, and don't make a big thing about it. But, but try and see if it, if it interests you. If it doesn't, it feels like a, an upset, a detour for your practice, don't go there. That's okay. Right. So just before Bhante leads us, any question just about that, about the eight precepts? If you take the eight precepts, put a tick on, and then you stop, do you erase? I think better to write the cooks a note so they don't have to come and count it every day. So you just write the cooks a note, let them know if you've stopped. That's very helpful. Yeah. Can, can we have miso? Can you have miso? What's the uh, no? I get a no on miso. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think no, I would agree with that. We go we tend to go more with the Burmese, except the milk and the tea is extra from Burmese. You couldn't do that there. Okay, last question, yeah. Uh, if we don't take it today. If you don't take it today, could you take it another time? Yeah. Yes. We're going to on a regular basis, if we can, <laughs> between the seven of us, get that together, offer the precepts in the morning. Some maybe a couple times a week in the morning. You could always take the eight precepts then and let the cooks know, or go off them then as well, and go back and to five. Write the kitchen. And then write the kitchen, right. Either way, write the kitchen. Good. Okay. But we have to stop. He's going to... This looks urgent. Is this urgent? Yes? No, it's, it's just about yeah. Yes, yeah, sugar and honey. <laughs> this isn't a health eight precept thing. <laughs> they go big on sugar and honey. I have to say, that's the one thing. If I want eight precepts and I eat sugar and honey, I just crash big time. But explore and see for yourself. Yes, sugar and honey is okay. Yeah. And juice and honey in your tea. And sometimes they'll serve like hard sugar candies. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Bonte's going to lead us. Okay, get to effort. Hmm? Oh, oh, here.
So uh, we say namotasa together three times, and then the rest is uh, call and response. Eh? Okay, together namotasa to arahato sama mudasa namotasa agavato ara sama samuda. Namo tasa Bhagavato Arato Samo Buddham Saranam Gachami Dhammam Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Panati pata we ramani sika padam samadiyami. Adina dana we ramani sika padam samadiyami. Abrahmacharya Veramani Sika Padam Samadhyami Musavada Veramani Sika Padam Samadhyami Sura Miraya Majapamadatana Veramani Sikha Padam Samadhyami Vikara Bojana Veramani Sikha Padam Samadhyami Nacha Gita Vadita Visukadasana Maraganda Virepana Dharana Mandana Vibhusanatana Veramani Sikha Padam Samadhyami Uchyasena Mahasena Veramani Sikha Padam 
Samadhyami. Idame sila maga pala nyanasa pacheyo hotu. to go for interviews and walking. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.